Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. Thanks for joining us today. The Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon is this weekend a big deal for runners in our community and actually all over the country. Most of the marathon entrants have been training for months now. They've pushed through mental and physical barriers. They've hit their strides, and they're chasing a runner's high to the finish line. As for me, I'll likely be on the sidelines cheering those runners on. And most days, I I even cheer for the parents I see running with their baby strollers, all because I admire the work that runners put in for themselves. Good job, everybody. We know that running is good for us. It benefits our cardiovascular health. It's good for physical strength and mental health. It can even be good for our social lives, thanks to the growing popularity of running groups. It might be an intense sport, but it does have to be lonely sometimes. So today, I am talking with three runners about the moral support people are finding with running groups across the state. We'll also learn about an organization that connects runners throughout the Twin Cities with people experiencing homelessness people in recovery or in transitioning back to society. We'll hear how running is transforming lives in those communities. And as I talk with my guests, I want to hear from you too. Are you an avid or a competitive runner? How does running help you? Or maybe you're someone who has considered running before, but you're not quite sure how to start. What do you want to know about building a running routine? Call us. The phone lines are open 651 651- Two two seven six thousand. Again, you can call us at six five one two two seven six thousand or eight hundred two four two twenty eight twenty eight. In the studio with me right now, I have two people. We have Andrea House, the community and marketing manager at Mill City Running in Northeast Minneapolis and Saint City Running in Saint Paul. These two local running shops host group runs and other events throughout the Twin Cities. Good morning to you, Andrea. Good morning. Hi, nice to see you. Thanks for having me. Mishka Verton is also here with us. She's the co-founder and executive director of Mile in My Shoes. Now, that is an organization that connects runners throughout the metro area with one another. They create running groups among people experiencing homelessness or in recovery or in transition from incarceration or military service. Welcome to the program, Mishka. Hi, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. And later in the hour after news, we're going to hear from Jenna Ziegler. Jenna is a physical therapist in Maple Grove, and we'll talk to her her about avoiding injuries from running. But before we talk about the pain, I want to talk about the joy. So let's discuss that. What do you two enjoy about running? And Mishka, I'll begin with you. Yeah. um, Oh, so many things. Um, I started running after watching the New York City Marathon. Um, I I think I stood on the corner for like seven hours and cried as everyone went by. And I was just so inspired by all the different types of people who were out there. And I thought, oh, I want to take this challenge on myself. I want to feel what they're feeling. Um, And so I found a, a a running group and joined them and trained for my first marathon, which was the Twin Cities Marathon back in 2006, I think. How old were you at the time when um, you your first marathon? I was 23 mm-hmm. and um, had just moved to New York City, didn't know anyone, and joined this group. And it really became my social community. It became my friend group. I met so many of the people that I still know in my life through mm. this running group. Wow. Um, and that's what kept me going after the, that first marathon was um, this was now my social life. So so early on, you were able to talk while you were running. 
Um, no, nobody <laughs> is able to talk when they're running when they start. Absolutely not. Um, no, I always say to new runners, like, don't try to talk. Mm. After you do this for a couple of months, running will become like walking and then you can talk. But in the beginning, you know, you're talking after you run. Okay. So the the social aspect is really what I love most. Right. And, and Andrea, what about you? What do you enjoy most about running? I think I would say the same thing. It's um, You'll often hear me saying running is not the best part of running. And I think for me, it's that social piece. It's pre, during, and post-run hanging out with people, um, whether you're from similar backgrounds or not, um, mm-hmm. just sharing memories and miles together. And uh, I hear a lot of people talk about the mental health benefits, the focus, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what it does for just sort of helping people clear their minds. C- can you speak to that? Do you experience that as well? Mishka? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think running by yourself and running in groups um, mm-hmm. both have really different benefits. But um, you can, d- I definitely know if I haven't gone on a run during the day or it, it's been a few days, like I get cranky. Um, I definitely need to go on my run and like just it helps me to de stress. Um, and wh- when I'm with someone, I can, mm-hmm. you know, you can spend that time venting, you can spend that time just like working out a problem. And when I'm by myself, um, I'll often stop in the middle of a run to just write something down like, oh, an idea has come to me or oh, some clarity has come to me and I need to stop and um, write it down so I don't forget it. So I think there's enormous mental health benefits. See, that happens to me in the gym. Like I enjoy weight training and, you know, maybe, you know, working out on an elliptical machine, but I get thoughts, I get show ideas, I get questions, like like there's like this fog that gets lifted. Mm -hmm. And and do you see some of the mental health benefits as well? Yes, Mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. It can provide that clarity. um, Or like Mishka was saying, you can you can work out problems uh, alone or with other people um, solving puzzles for your day to day, or sometimes I'll find my best creative ideas when I'm just all I can hear is my feet hitting the pavement. Mm. And uh, we won't discuss uh, the the physical aspects of it right now because I'm a little offended by the arms that are in the studio this morning <laughs> looking back at me. You uh, the, the physical benefits. I mean, do you, are you feel like you're in the best shape of your life because you you know run frequently? Either of you? I think it goes in phases for everybody. Yeah. Um, you can feel really good some weeks and, and not the best other weeks. Yeah. And I, for me, running has just become part of my life. Mm-hmm. I know when you're injured, um, and you have to find some other way to, um, to work out or stay physically fit, it can be really challenging because running is just so, has become so integrated into my daily life. I run with my kids. I run with my partner. I run for work now, mm-hmm. you know, with my friends. Um, but yes, for sure. Uh, Definitely in the beginning, um, running was a huge boost to my physical health and has really just helped me maintain a healthy lifestyle um, for the past two Mm -hmm. decades now. And for these running groups, do you have to already be an advanced runner or are there like certain days dedicated to beginners? For our running groups that we host at the stores, you do not have to be an advanced runner to attend. I understand that there's still... um, some nerves that can come up. Um, everybody's Everybody thinks they're not fast enough um, universally. So we do have a beginner's running group that you can... So people can run at sort of the same pace. Participate in. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two sessions of that each year. But all of our group runs throughout the week, we have people that come and just walk too. And so, see, okay, let's talk about that. So what, you walk and then gradually pick up the pace? Or you walk and then you run? Or... If you want to. Yeah, so you can walk, run, um, 
walk two minutes, run two minutes, that sort of thing. Um, you can walk on the weeks you don't feel good and run on other weeks. There's no pressure um, at any of these. So events. how do you keep the group together? How do you sort of make it can still be a group if everyone's doing things at different paces for these yeah. beginner groups? Yeah, we um, we split up into pace groups ahead of every run. So you mm-hmm. are near people the same pace as you. You're not just sucking wind behind somebody who's a little bit too fast for you. Yeah, that doesn't um, sound fun. <laughs> so we split up between <laughs> seven minutes a mile down to 13 minutes a mile. We have run walkers and walkers as well. So the group thins out as you go, but mm-hmm. everybody hangs out back at the store after you're finished. And then talks about the experience or whatever or whatever right? they want to talk about oh i love this mm-hmm. i love the social aspect and and what have you uh what do you think you've learned uh, mishka in, in in running in a group setting sort of just uh about your own abilities or just about uh you know other people because you said you, you've made a lot of friends by doing that yeah i mean and the organization that i'm part of now mile in my shoes we are based around um, bringing new people into running. So we focus um, specifically on creating teams in spaces where there have, with folks who have been traditionally excluded from the running community or don't have access to those health benefits on a regular basis. So how would I be excluded from the running community? What's an example? Yeah. So we um, start teams at homeless shelters, at um, recovery programs for people, um, who are in substance use disorder recovery for people coming out of prison at halfway houses um, and for folks who are transitioning out of military service. So um, these are folks, if you're in a shelter, right, where mm-hmm. you're you're trying to survive day to day, you're lining up for your meals, you um, it's disproportionately people who have um, not had the same access to health benefits. And really, you don't see these folks um, – generally at a community running group. And so we decided let's bring the benefits of running to them. And so the folks that were um, getting started with running there, some have been working out in prison, some might have been running around a track in prison. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, it's people who are not only completely new to running, but also um, need a little convincing that they can be a runner and that they belong in this space. So everyone in our group, um, when you join and you start, um, we give you uh, new shoes, new gear, and then we all start with one mile. And that's uh, kind of an equalizer. It's a distance where we say, everyone can go one mile. We can walk, we can run. If we need to carry you on our backs on the way back a little bit, we will do that. But we are going to make it this one mile. And I think once you finish that first mile and you realize that you can do it, um, it's just really a transformative um, experience. And you start to think like, what else can I do? That's a a beautiful story. Mile in my shoes. Uh, We're talking about running and the joy and sometimes the pain that comes with it, all the benefits uh, and the challenges. And I want to hear from you as I talk with uh, two runners. Uh, Are you an avid or competitive runner? How does running help you? Uh, Are are you someone considering getting into running, but you're not sure how to start? What do you want to know about building a running routine or joining a running group? Call us at 651-227-6000 or you can call us at 800-242 2828. Andrea and Mishka, we already are getting phone calls. I'm not surprised by this. Uh, Let's pick up a phone call uh, in Robbinsdale, where Matt is on the phone this morning. Good morning, Matt. What do you want to tell us? Yes, good morning. Uh, I actually calling because I found running. Well, actually, running found me through Mile in My Shoes. Um, Back in 2019, I was in a halfway house in um, 
Roseville. I just got kind of a, a relatively short bid in federal prison, uh, which I wasn't like thrilled with, and I had no idea what my what my place um, was going to look like returning. Like I didn't know what my role was and all this stuff, but I did know that I lost like a lot of weight in prison. I was lifting weights. I was really trying to get healthy. I had been a, like a very heavy smoker, drug user, very unhealthy um, prior to my my uh, you know time in prison when I got out. My roommate at the halfway house told me about this group, said a counselor's program, they're going to get you everything you need, all this. And I went out and I did my first mile, and it was an extraordinary experience. Uh, it was like the next stage of my fitness journey. And the biggest piece was, yeah, the accomplishment was great, but mm-hmm. and my second run was not quite as, you know, no worries. <laughs> I struggled a lot more, but the people were were unbelievable. And I had never believed in myself as a runner, and all of a sudden these people who didn't know me not only believed in me as a runner, but like as a human being again. Mm-hmm. And it, it really motivated me to keep coming back out. And I just kept finding more and more common ground with, with this group. And I, I, I was convinced they were going to like lure me into some kind of a cult, but instead <laughs> I've just fallen in love with this organization. And now I work there and, and I've, yeah. And now I'm, I'm like smitten with this community and it's, it's really transformed my life in ways that I, I struggle to articulate. Well, I can hear optimism in your voice. I hear joy in your voice, mm. Matt. And I, I'm imagining the experience that uh, being part of a group, really in anything, is is is, is can be satisfying. But um, to be physically engaged and moving with a group and what that can do with your yeah. mindset is that what you're experiencing? Oh, the movement is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. the the motion and, and the movement, building that community and the connection. I'm sure the endorphins help. And getting stronger, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Well, Matt, thank you. And you you really do find a connection when you when you have that achievement with someone else when you can really when you run that first mile with someone and you achieve it together it really does build an extraordinary connection thank you that's matt and robin stell and and andrea do you hear similar stories like this from people who are in running groups like i did a mile with with these strangers absolutely absolutely um all the way up the race distances too this weekend Mm -hmm. we're going to have a lot of first-time marathoners say the same thing and just like Matt said, it's it's an incredible connection. It's hard to put words to when you accomplish it with somebody by your side. And then it, it carries on to other aspects of life. Well, if I, if I can accomplish this goal, what else could I do? Exactly. I think running teaches you so many lessons that you can map onto almost every area of your life, um, whether it's teamwork or how to work through things solo. Um, there's really a metaphor for everything mm. within running. And uh, Mishka, I can see the pride in your face. Uh, Matt's story, <laughs> have you heard many... Uh, testimonies like that from people you work with. Oh, I hear these stories every day. And just to build off what um, Andrea just said, you know, that belief that once you run a mile, you've done something that you didn't see yourself doing, you've accomplished something that you never thought you would do, even if it's a mile, or if it's a 5k, um, you know, a very small percentage of people actually complete a 5k and that's growing. But once you Mm -hmm. realize that you are part of this group of runners, oh, I am a runner, um, you start to think like, what else can I do that I didn't believe that I could do before? And we hear that all the time. If I became a runner, I think I would just be unbearable to be around because (laughs) we are. (laughs) We absolutely are. It kind of is our personality. (laughs) Just a little too much probably for everybody. But uh, I'm thinking about this. You're making it sound appealing to (laughs) me. Uh, Let's take another phone call from a listener as we talk about running, uh, the challenges and the benefits and about running groups, what people are getting out of that. Call us at 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828. Let's go to Oakdale. Dennis is on the phone. Hi, Dennis. Good morning. 
Hi, good morning. Angela, I think this really ties into one of your uh, shows from last week that resonated with me about learning something later in life. Mm, uh, so, my colleague yeah. uh, Chris Farrell hosted that, yeah. It, it was so good. So, uh, so I'm almost 60, and I love lifting weights. I love, you know, working out. I've always hated, absolutely hated, <laughs> I'm sorry, no offense to your guests, hated <laughs> running. And, I, I, you know, I think for me the big thing is I just can't figure it out. I think there's just like this piece or two that I'm missing. And so the, the thought of a running club really appeals to me because, you know, I – I'm horrible at running, but I feel like I could go there and there would be people there that would be like, well, here you are. And then I could learn this great Mm -hmm. new fitness skill, you know, when I'm almost 60. You know, Dennis, you and I have a lot of common. Uh, I'm 55. I also, I hate at the two syllable, hate (laughs) running. (laughs) Even in gym class when I was like in middle school, I'm like, I don't want to run laps around the gym. So, yeah, um, exactly. Oh, let's get some advice. Uh, Dennis, what, uh, you know, okay, Andrea, what do you say to Dennis? Oh, he's curious. He wants to try it. But mm, yeah, you know, there's yeah. a barrier. There's a mental barrier. What do, what do you say to him? I think um, you kind of hit the nail on the head, Angela, when you said gym class. I feel like running is often <laughs> oh. a punishment for people who do other sports. And mm. so they're used to doing it way too hard. Oh. Um, you can slow down and mm-hmm. you will have a much better time if you just slow down and go easy, especially as you're starting. Um, running does not always have to be um, you fully winded sprinting down the sidewalk. Um, I would say, Dennis, find a group if you can. There are lots throughout the Twin Cities because it just is such a good support system like we've already talked about, but also a distraction where you're not focusing on how hard you're breathing or how far you have yet to go. Um, your your buddies will carry you through the miles much quicker. Now, they may have to physically carry me because I, <laughs> I tend to stumble sometimes just walking. But I love that. Any advice for, for Dennis? Yeah, Jessica? absolutely. I agree. Um, running, you know, I often say when people are getting started running and they're breathing really hard um, and they say, oh, this sucks. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it does suck. Running was hard for everyone hated running or most people <laughs> do when they begin when they begin. I totally mm-hmm. um, uh, I hear that and I I agree with that. Um, The first couple, when you're getting started, the first couple months can be tough. That's when having companionship, having someone there to support you um, is really key, whether that be someone who's there specifically to help you like a coach or with Mile in My Shoes, we have run mentors who are there just to support you um, or a buddy, you know, where you're going through it together. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. And you're going to get to a place that you enjoy it if you stick with it. I can almost promise you. That's the biggest thing is that consistency piece, the the adaptations that I'm sure Jenna's going to talk about later too, those take time to kick in. Um, so you have to be consistent for a few weeks really before you even... So how many times a week are we talking about? If I were starting off, how many times a week would you want to see me run? Oh, it's different for everybody. I would say two to three times a week is oh. is regular enough if you're just starting and Go on a walk a couple other days. Okay. I like yeah. this this easy, like ease into it. But a lot of people who are, you know, experienced longtime runners, they will also say, yeah, it, it's, you know, is it that they will talk about like, well, there are parts of it that are a little uncomfortable, but then it gets easy. So is it sort of like that sort of in, even as, as you build up your endurance, that there are still some parts of it that can be unpleasant? Yeah, not every run is going to be a good run, mm-hmm. even for the best runners around. Okay, more phone calls. Uh, let's bring in more listeners. Uh, let's talk to... Uh, Carrie, Carrie in Oakdale as well. Good morning, Carrie. What did you want to share with us about running? Good morning. I am so excited about this topic. Um, I just wanted to share that running for me is my 
you know, my physical exercise, but it's my social time and my therapy. And as a busy mom, the only time that I have to really get out there and get my miles in is before the sun comes up. And I have found an incredible group, both when I lived in Tennessee and now here in Minnesota, called She Runs This Town, where (laughs) you can find those other people who, like you, need social running. And, you know, there's always a group willing to run at 5 a.m. and and to run before the sun. And I just, I could talk about running all day. I'm so thankful that you guys are, you know, having this conversation. But um, the group that I run in is She Runs This Town North Metro. And I just can't say enough good things about that organization, no matter where you are. I love it. And, And Carrie, may I ask, how old are you and how many kids do you have? I am 46. I started running when I was 30 because I also hated gym class. And, um, you know, so it was, it, was a, it was a later start for me as well. Um, but my son is nine. And so mm-hmm. when he comes home from school, he has um, he has skate school, um, ice skating. He has hockey. He has homework. He has all the things. So as soon as I get off work and he's home from school, that's not my time anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you have to make dinner for them every single day. So, um, you know, so you, as a busy mom. You get you your mind time. and your body right early in the morning and it carry, the, the benefit carries you out the, throughout the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. right, That's Carrie in Oakdale. And I just, I I guess I should apologize to all the physical education teachers I have offended this morning. (laughs) I didn't want to start that. But that's inspiring. And to get up early. And again, I'm usually the one sitting in my car and I see people. I'm just like, yes, good for you. Right. (laughs) And so the, uh, the time of day, does it matter? Because I would think with my exercise routine, I prefer early in the morning because I find my body gets tired. I get fatigued like in the afternoon. But does it matter when you run morning or evening? Mishka? Uh, No, I don't think. I think any time you can get out there and run is great. Some people... I see so many people running at noon, even in the summer. That's too Mm -hmm. hot for me. Um, But I I love to run in the morning. I also have two young children. And so getting out there before they wake up is when I'm able to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. We also are teams that are um, in shelters and halfway houses. We are running early in the morning um, before people go to work. And I think that... um, Starting your day with a run is, if you are able to do that, it really changes the way once you finish a run, you feel so much better about yourself. You've already accomplished something else while most people are sleeping. And it can just give you an extra boost of confidence and like power to go through your day and accomplish anything. But we also run in the evenings, like lots mm-hmm. of people run in the evenings. Do it when you can. Do it when it works for your lifestyle. There's no right or wrong time exactly. to get out there. You have to fit it into your life. Otherwise, you're going to have a much harder time sticking with it. So mm-hmm. for parents, a lot of times that is 5 a.m. For young adults, maybe it's that 6 p.m. time slot. And so with the, your running clubs, both at uh, St. City uh, Running Group and – or. Saint Mill City, City and, and Mill City. City. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do you have evening groups? We do. Yeah, yeah. we go evening. Um, we have a couple morning runs each week, too. I think the biggest thing is you have to protect that time for yourself if mm-hmm. you want to stick with it. All right. Uh, let's take more phone calls from listeners as we talk about running, uh, the benefits, the challenges, running in groups, and, uh, of course, the upcoming Twin Cities Marathon uh, coming up on Sunday. Give us a call at 651-227-6000, or you can call us at 800 242 2828. Let's go down to, to Rochester and see what they're talking about. Matt is on the phone. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Hi. What did you want to tell us about running? Um, yeah, I just wanted to share experience a little bit. I uh, I 
run with uh, my my shoes group. So I've kind of a pass at the addiction and mental health. I uh, I didn't I didn't start running. I didn't run in high school. I uh, went through the Teen Challenge program in like 2013, and there was a gentleman that would take us out and for runs to get out and kind of be active. So that started a little bit of a seed for me. I was like, oh, I like this. Kind of fell back into my old ways and the struggle with the mental health stuff for a while. And then um, one of my friends had been running with uh, my my shoes group and uh, they invited me to come out. And uh, it's just a really nice way to tie everything together. Now that I've gotten it back, like running is a really, it's a really spiritual journey for me. Um, It's a way to like calm my thoughts. and... mm -hmm. And then have you ever run in a marathon? Yeah. So last year I made it a goal when I hadn't run in, like five, six years, and I started with the Mile My Shoes group again for my journey of running again, and I set a goal to run the marathon. So I ran Twin Cities last year, and it was hands-on the most inspiring thing I've ever done. Um, I ran another one down here in Rochester earlier this year, and I'll be running again on Sunday. That's wonderful. Matt in Rochester. Thank you, Matt, and we hope you have a good weather and a good experience. The weather I hear for the marathon, it's uh, supposed to be warm in the be, 80s. Is that good or bad? It's going to be toasty. Andrea? Huh? Um, it'll be, a, a, I was going to say a little warmer than what we would prefer, but it's a lot warmer than what we'd prefer. Um, ideal temps are probably in the 40s or 50s for a race like this. And that's usually what it is here, right? Is that unusually warm for a Twin Cities marathon? Yeah, that... it's hard in the fall. It's either perfect weather or it's something like this where it's it's right. unseasonably hot. And and the warmth creates difficulty in, in what ways, Mishka, if you're running? Yeah, I mean, it just, it's when you sweat, it's harder for your sweat to evaporate, especially if it's humid. So your whole body temperature just warms up a little bit more quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is really important to... Um, if you start getting if you if it's hotter and you're not used to running in the heat or even if you are to just adjust your expectations and t- maybe take it a little easier um what it is a great going to be a great day for is spectating and cheering okay so, that's my that's my deal there you go yeah. it's perfect <laughs> it's a perfect weather for cheering for the marathon and they are so. going to need some extra love exactly does that really make a difference seeing just the faces of strangers or the people you love on the sides cheering for you yes 1000% oh my gosh absolutely yeah yeah. Okay. Uh, another phone call uh, before we take a news break as we talk about running. And Winona, Tiffany's on the phone. Good morning, Tiffany. What do you want to share with everybody about running? Hey, good morning, Angela. Um, I'm just so excited about this conversation. I'm going to try and edit myself because I could share so much about running. But um, <laughs> the first thing is that I'm running on Sunday. I'm running the 10 miles at the Twin Cities Marathon. And I'm running on Team Brave Like Gabe. So I'm running for a charity. Um, and then my running story is I've been a runner for 20 years now, and I've been a lot of different versions of running, uh, run of a runner. I started running in college, kind of like keep in shape, keep the freshman 15 off. Then in my 20s, I discovered marathoning and kind of became hooked on that. And now as a mom, like I think other moms have called in, and uh, it's kind of my free time, my time to like do something that to remain true to myself. Um, and I still uh, training for marathons and then another big part of running for me has been running through recovery another thing on sundays i'll be uh a thousand days sober so it's gonna be a big celebration with the race and that milestone for myself congratulations uh, thank you and so running was not new in recovery but it was still a really important tool um just that consistency and that time to be alone with my thoughts i know for a lot of people mm. running is a big social thing for me it's always been kind of just it's, i'm a really 
uh, like the solitude of running mm. and just the time to think and the time to step away from, you know, the real world. So running, I just, for me, it's been like a, you know, a steady old companion for the past 20 years now. And I just can't say enough about what it's done for my mental health and just my life overall. And I do want to give hope for the people that are not morning runners because I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Even with my small kids, I cannot get myself out the door in the morning. So luckily I have a partner who's really willing to help me make it work and do evening runs. So there is hope. Even if you have small kids, you can fit it in without doing it early in the morning. So Thank you, um, Tiffany, this- and, and congratulations. Yeah. 1,000 days uh, sober uh, on Sunday. She'll be running uh, 10 miles, um, Tiffany, there in Winona. And then... What do you hear, and it's in your work with um, a, a mile in my shoes, with people who are in recovery, what running does for them? Yeah. <clears throat> First of all, I want to say congratulations to Tiffany. That's mm-hmm. huge. And you're running for an awesome organization with Brave Like Gabe. Um, so thank you for doing that. Um, recovery, uh, you know, for folks who are in recovery, uh, I hear time and again how running was really the missing piece to their overall recovery mm-hmm. journey, um, especially for folks who've had um, – an unhealthy relationship with their bodies. Um, Maybe most of their relationship with their body in the past years has been around um, drug use or substance use, really like creating a new relationship with their body physically and mentally um, has been really important for them. And um, mental health, work mental health with your mental health may be an obvious thing, but um, really reestablishing physical healthy habits um, is something that I think is sometimes left out of traditional recovery programs. Um, and so seeing folks um, use running as a way to um, reestablish healthy relationships with their bodies, um, to help them stay disciplined, uh, in doing something every day that's really positive. Mm-hmm. Um, just so many folks I've seen um, use running and their communities that they established as a way to um, really support their recovery. And uh, before we take more phone calls from listeners, we have one more person to talk to, another guest on the line right now. We have Jenna Ziegler uh, to talk about injuries, how to avoid them if we're thinking about running or out there running. Uh, Jenna is a physical therapist and a board certified orthopedic clinical specialist. She works out of the Park Nicollet Rehabilitation uh, Center in Maple Grove, and she is also a runner. Good morning, Jenna. Good morning, Angela. Thanks for having me. Hi. So tell us uh, about your own experience running. What do you enjoy about it? And how long have you been a, been, been a runner, Jenna? I have been a runner since I was 10 years old. Oh, wow. I'm one of those people that actually loved running the mile in uh-huh. elementary school okay. and really connected with that competitive, <laughs> internal competitive spark. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, I'm one of those people, I guess. Um, and I love running for so many different things. You know, the health benefits are very obvious, but just the mental health benefits, it's just as a parent and a busy mom and worker just helps me to de-stress and to find calm. There's so many days after a run that I have problem solved something in my head, Mm -hmm. honestly, without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And at the end, I'm just like, oh, that is what I'm going to do for that situation. 
And so um, we don't want to get hurt, but we know that there are injuries. Um, what do you find seems to, to you know, r- literally trip people up if they're, or they're beginning to run or, or, or if they've been running for a long time? What, what are some, some things you want people to know about avoiding running injuries? Right. So I think the running group people talked about that of, you know, just if you're starting out, just starting slow um, in physical therapy, we'd really recommend just starting with walking and getting a daily walk-in or even those three to four times per week, getting a nice long walk-in. And that can really set some groundwork for your body to be able to be ready to take on the load of running. You really think about how running is just a little bit harder than walking on your body just because of the forces that are on it. And so we always want to make sure that you can tolerate running or walking and find that very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, then as you get comfortable with that, then building onto that and starting with that run walk and just progressing nice and comfortably with that. And what about training for a marathon? What do people need to, to know about that, that process? Right. So we always would recommend that if you are going to train for a marathon, um, having some fitness going into that 16 or 20 week training plan So many times you might think, I'm going to run the marathon in October and start running in June. And we might have wanted you to maybe preload a little bit of fitness before that. Um, It's okay if you do start that uh, training right when that training process of 16 to 20 weeks would happen. We would just really want you or recommend that you started slow and be okay with doing those run walks. Mm -hmm. And um, that might be the situation where you're looking to complete it, like not maybe a time goal. And you can overtrain too. That's a thing. Yeah. So that's, that's more common than we would like to see is overtraining. And we're really trying to teach people to really think about how you're feeling during your run. So overtraining can kind of have some sneaky symptoms, like maybe you're really short with your family you're having trouble falling asleep, staying asleep. Um, it even drives down your appetite. So you might get done with a long run and think, I'm not even hungry. Mm. And, you know, we don't want you to skip that meal after a run. And if you're seeing those signs of overtraining, you could think about taking some easier runs, doing a run walk on your easy run, you know, taking the gas off some of your fast sessions if you're an advanced runner and you're doing some sprinting intervals. Mm-hmm. And and the common running injuries that you are, are helping people recover from, what are they, Jenna? Right. So I think the most common are very obviously in the lower extremities, like in your legs. Um, we see a lot of people with um, low back, buttock, and hip pain. And then, of course, the traditional runner's knee pain. But then even ankle and foot plantar fasciitis and even mm-hmm. down to the big toe, like a big toe pain. Oh, my. I didn't know that was a thing. Right, right. I met with a person a long while ago, and I remember evaluating him and saying, you know, we've got to kind of look at you from top to bottom. And it really was his big toe (laughs) that was really (laughs) tripping up his gait and how he was running. He just wasn't um, maneuvering through that gait cycle really well. And it was a lot that his big toe was very stiff. And so then what do you do about that? Right. So that is just assessing that and increasing flexibility it could be that they, that person had a previous injury 
around that foot or ankle, and so it might be retraining how they move over that foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes we think we're walking normally after we've you know, really recovered from that ankle sprain or that toe injury, but then if we really look at how you're doing um, in your running cycle, especially as you fatigue, you might fall back into some of those old habits of um, what we would say a gait deviation or kind of a limp that you might not even realize. All right. And, and um, we mentioned this earlier a few minutes ago, Jenna, this weekend, the weather is supposed to be rather warm, maybe even hot and humid, could be one of the warmest Twin Cities uh, marathons in history. That's what the folks in, uh, at Twin Cities in Motion um, have said. They've alerted to runners about that. What do you want people to know about the weather conditions and to keep in mind this weekend when they're out there running? Right. So, uh, you know, Twin Cities group is really um, great at you know, posting the flag information. And so they usually have kind of like a green, yellow, red flag conditions and then even a black flag condition. Um, so, you know, we might be starting off with some yellow flag conditions, which in that situation for a marathon, even an experienced marathoner should um, think of maybe adjusting their paces back a little bit, mm-hmm. um, increasing ways of cooling strategies. So they, the course is so awesome at having water stops and definitely you know, douse yourself with water if you're getting overheated. Take walking breaks through those water stops if you're needing them. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jenna, I want you to stay with us uh, as we take more phone calls from listeners. Uh, but also, I want to make sure we talk about uh, the proper gear. Uh, I was just uh, sharing uh, with you, um, Andrea and Mishka, that I recently went to uh, a store <laughs> and uh, oh, I was yeah. looking for new shoes. And it was just like walls and walls of running shoes and cross training shoes. And I just I'm like, I don't know. So what if you're starting out as a runner, what is the best or appropriate shoe to look for? Uh, can you can get a started, Andrea. Yes, of course. Um, I would, of course, advise you to go into a run specialty shop. Like yours? Like mine. Like mine. What's the difference? Because I'm like, I'm looking for the best price. So what's the difference between like a small shop that, you know, maybe you have someone help you to a place that just has like lots, hundreds of shoes? Right. There are so many options out there. And what run specialty stores do is kind of curate that selection for you already. They kind of weed out maybe some of the bad apples. Not even bad apples, but some of the shoes that just really don't apply to right, what like, your goals are. I have flat feet. So that's a thing. That's, that's Yeah. So then within our selection, we have different arch profiles within mm-hmm. the shoes. We know all of that information. We have extensive staff training to learn mm-hmm. that info. And we can kind of help narrow down that inventory even more for your specific feet. Okay. So there is value in getting some advice. Um, anything you would share, Mishka, about having the right gear so you, that you don't get injured? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what Andrea said, um, definitely go into a run specialty shop and have them assess you. It doesn't mean that you're going to get a shoe that's more expensive. And people often ask like, oh, what's the best running shoe? Is it Brooks? Is it Nike? Many companies have really high quality shoes. It's really about finding the one that's the best for your foot and the most comfortable for you. So know your know your feet. Know your feet. Mm-hmm. Well, or, or just ask someone else to tell you about your feet. <laughs> you don't even necessarily have exactly. to know about it, but get some help. And the staff is um, just super welcoming, and you don't have to go it alone. You know. And Jenna, any thoughts on what people need to know about what they have on their feet when they're running? Right. So I just agree so much about getting someone to look at your feet and getting some advice. And then my next step as a therapist is saying, are they comfortable? Like, what do you feel like when you're walking around in your house, when you're doing those runs? Mm-hmm. Um, are they really, truly comfortable? And I guess over the years, I've really found is don't allow a break-in period. Um, they really should be quite comfortable from the get-go. 
So if you're like, oh, I think that pressure on my pinky toe will really ease up over time. Right, because it, it's that. cute. The pinky would be all right. <laughs> you have to get a, get a half size bigger, get something wider. Um, Listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have them be comfortable. Listen to your feet. All right, uh, let's take out more phone calls from our listeners. Uh, go back to our phone lines. Uh, in uh, Iowa, Inwood, Iowa, Donna's on the phone. Donna, thank you for waiting. What do you want to share with us about running or ask? Yes, thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to uh, speak to some of the um, difficulties that can come medically, uh, physiologically from running. Um, most runners that I have seen run on an unforgiving surface which is asphalt or concrete. And the weight-bearing motion joints of the body, the hips, the knees, and the ankles, have an exponentially increased amount of pressure with every footfall when you're running. And the reason I can speak to this is because I've worked in radiology for over 52 years. Mm -hmm. And so I have seen the effects of damage to the weight-bearing motion joints. Um, The other aspect is that many people who are runners are are city dwellers, and so they run on the streets, on the sidewalks. Uh, The problem with that is that they are running with traffic. And when you run, you breathe more deeply, and so they are breathing in the exhaust of the cars, which is not helpful at all for the lungs. And so it puts them in an odd position of how can they run in an area that is near where they live, and where they have time for it versus how do they protect the lungs and their lower leg joints. And uh, I just uh, suppose people uh, need to, as you have been talking about, uh, find a really good, solid, helpful, shock-absorbing pair of shoes. But I think uh, many of the runners who I have seen in Sioux Falls are white women, and white women genetically have more of a predisposition to osteoporosis. And so we need to protect our bones as we get older. So I would caution people about running. I think walking is superb. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fast walking is excellent. It doesn't damage the um, body as well. And you see a lot of these famous runners from Africa. Well, they let's, run ask, on let's ask our physical therapist about this. Uh, Jenna, what do you want people to know about the surfaces that they're running on? Um, and, and again, we've, we've talked about having good shoes, but um, does that make a big difference over time? I think it, you're, again, looking to the comfort. If your feet are feeling, you know, really tired and fatigued after being on a hard surface, you know, maybe you're going to a more grassy trail like we have around the city, lakes, you know, areas like that. Um, we do want to see you have some, like, specificity of the surface you're going to race on. So, like, if you're um, living out in the country and running gravel roads and trails, but you're mm-hmm. doing a road marathon, we should get some exposure to that road at least a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. And then the, the running clubs that you guys work with, where, where are you guys running? Where, where are you running, uh, uh, Andrea? <laughs> yeah, um, our stores are located both near the river, mm. uh, relatively close to the river. Yeah. So we'll mm-hmm. do a lot of um, loops on the river parkway paths, mm-hmm. which is awesome for running. Um, they are paved, but there's kind of the dirt path that goes next to the paved path. So you can mm-hmm. get a little bit of variety there. Um, or we'll go to the lakes 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many great options here in the and, metro. And Mishka, where can I find some of the groups uh, who are running with Mile in My Shoes? Uh, we are on the streets of to the Twin Cities. So uh, some of our teams are near lakes and rivers and paths, and others um, we run primarily on residential streets. Um, I think that this is why having proper shoes and gear is so important. It's why we at Mile in My Shoes provide new gear and new shoes for every member who starts running with us. We know mm. that that's really important to staying healthy and it's not something that just the most privileged people or those who afford um, can afford it should have. Um, it's also why you need to replace your shoes more often than you realize mm. um, every 200, 300 miles that you're on them. Um, but I also just want to say, you know, we we bring a lot of people into running who think that they actually can't run because of knee pain or ankle pain. Um, oh, I can't be a runner because I have this issue. And when they start Do running with us... you have a hidden us, camera at my desk? <laughs> <laughs> I've used all of these excuses. Here's the thing is like uh, many of these aches and pains can be helped by running. So I'm not um, arguing with what our caller from Iowa or Sioux Falls said, but um, I also think there's a ton of physical benefit to running and that you can actually um, really improve a lot of your aches and pains mentally, but also physically by running and building up those muscles. Um, so I think everything is, um, you know, you have to to weigh um, out the advantages and disadvantages, but um you know, for people, especially people who are are not people who exercise, who have been sedentary, who haven't taken um, great care of their body, running can really just be um, a wonderful avenue to overall mm-hmm. better health. I've learned so much. Thank you so much uh, to our, all of our guests and to our listeners who called in. And I uh, hope that we have uh, good weather and uh, good results on Sunday for the Twin Cities Marathon. Uh, this hour, we've been talking uh, with Mishka Verten, the co-founder and executive director of Mile in My Shoes, a fantastic organization that's connecting runners throughout the Twin Cities uh, with people experiencing homelessness in recovery or in transition uh, from incarceration or military service, as well as Andrea House, the community and marketing manager uh, there at Mill City Running and Saint City Running. Thank you, Andrea. And to Jenna Ziegler, a physical therapist at Park Nicollet Rehabilitation in Maple Grove. Thanks, everybody. And uh, be careful out there as you are exercising. I'll, I'll be clapping for you. This conversation was produced by Matt Alvarez. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.